here in North America, we've become fairly conversant with ADHD as a culture. Kind of know how it impacts kids at school, in the home, and so on. But it's time to start the conversation around how ADHD impacts marriage. Did you know that your marriage can be a place that fosters a reduction in the problematic symptomatology of ADHD? The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is designed to help busy couples like yourselves move away from conflict and unhappiness to build a marriage you'll love today and treasure for a lifetime. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Learn how you can help save marriages, prevent divorces, and keep families intact by going to oyf.support. Once again, that website is oyf.support. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Valinda Simone Gundel from Only You Forever. Welcome to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, you've got the research, the truth, and the answers you're looking for. So we have a focused episode for you this week. Mm. This is episode number 182. And today we're going to be talking about ADHD and marriage. Hey there, before we get started, if you missed last week's episode, we discussed how to get your abusive husband into therapy. So that's definitely worth going back and checking out, if you're in, especially if you're in that situation. Also make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any upcoming shows from us. And if you're struggling with your marriage, we offer sound research-based advice. And most of all, we offer hope. So let's start into this subject for Linda of ADHD, how it affects marriage and what to do Okay, about that. Uh, just in case this is a new term for any of our listeners, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, ADHD, is a mental health condition normally diagnosed in childhood. ADHD impacts the brain's executive functioning ability so that people with ADHD show reduced decision-making ability, attention control, impulse control, and memory. It can have impairments to concentration and can involve some difficulty regulating your emotions. And that then can also lead to social and to communication problems in people with ADHD. Now we're starting to see how this might impact marriage, right? Okay. Uh, the diagnostic criteria from the uh, DSM are first often fails to give close attention to details or makes careless mistakes in schoolwork, work, or other activities. Second one is often has difficulty sustaining attention in tasks or play activities. Third, often does not seem to listen when spoken to directly. Fourth, often does not follow through on instructions and fails to finish schoolwork, chores, or duties in the workplace. Fifth, often has difficulty organizing tasks and activities. Six, often avoids, dislikes, or is reluctant to engage in tasks that require sustained mental effort. Seven, often loses things necessary for tasks or activities. And eight, is often easily distracted by extraneous stimuli. Hmm. So they say about 3% of the adult population are diagnosed with ADHD. Okay. And a further 16% show subclinical levels of ADHD. They have some of the symptoms, but not enough to meet the criteria for diagnosis. Okay. And yet up until recently, ADHD was thought to only affect children. So the reality is there's likely a lot of adults with ADHD who are currently undiagnosed and therefore unable to work out why they think and act in a way that's so different to other people. Mm -hmm. I have a friend that was recently diagnosed with ADHD, like As my age. an adult? Yeah. Okay. But it was like a total fight to get there. Like they didn't want to acknowledge it. They didn't want to huh. diagnose. Like she had to fight for it, it tooth and nail. Oh, she wanted it and... Because huh. she realized... Why did she want it though? I think she realized how differently she's been thinking or okay. acting all these years 
and has finally figured out why. So for her, it was very validating to yeah. say, okay, there's a, a label for this. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. And so. That's in the States. It might be different in Canada. I don't know. But. Yeah. Fair enough. So, well, I mean, let's just use that now going from adults. Let's segue into marriage, right? Okay. And ask like, how does that impact there? Well, there's some common challenges that can come in. So Common to all marriages or what is common? uh, Common challenges for people where one or both spouses have ADHD in the marriage. Oh, I see. They're common challenges in an ADHD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's some that are reported from a study from 2002. First is being forgetful and disorganized. So failing to meet commitments or remembering to do things Mm -hmm. that you told your spouse you would. Second, inattentiveness to your spouse's emotional state and needs. So you can see how that might transfer into that, right? Third, difficulty attending to or communicating effectively with your spouse. Hmm. Fourth, emotional overreactions, saying or doing things impulsively, which hurt the marriage. And then, so that that's kind of, those are some of the possible consequences from the person who has ADHD, but there's the whole issue of perception and how that behavior gets interpreted by your spouse. Okay. So your spouse might see some of the ADHD symptomatology, like the inability to stick to commitments mm-hmm. or the difficulty remembering agreed on actions. They might see that as a sign that you don't care about the marriage. Okay. Right. So the perception thing oh. can be a very real issue. And further ADHD, right. It also impairs communication often and listening skills, which can reduce intimacy and can lead to conflict oh. as well. Yeah. Yeah. So looking then at marriage quality, though, it's kind of interesting because a study in 2004, they compared couples where one spouse had ADHD to control couples where neither spouse had ADHD. Mm-hmm. And they found that marital satisfaction was often lower for the spouse with ADHD than okay. in either of the control couple spouses. But interestingly, people married to someone with ADHD did not differ in marital quality to the control groups. So the oh. unaffected spouse was fine. And what they noted that it is then that Having ADHD may decrease your own marital satisfaction, but does not necessarily impact your spouse's nut as much. Hmm, interesting. And here's a quote. The ADHD adult's perception of the health of their marriages and families was more negative than their spouse's perceptions. Okay. So you might have a more self-critical, self-condemning view of the relationship if you are the ADHD-affected spouse. But interesting how... Different researchers find different things. Yeah. A more recent study shows that the spouse married to someone with ADHD can also suffer, especially when that ADHD affects intimacy levels. So this is a study from 2017, and it found that when intimacy was low, spouses of people with ADHD reported lower marital satisfaction than control couples. So maybe it it depends on how in your own marriage, the ADHD impacts how you're relating to each other, like how it touches your, your intimacy, right? Yeah. But just remember that studies often have problems with, see if I can do this word, replicability, whether you can okay, do this, it. yeah, do the same thing again, achieve the same results. Okay. So we're not asking anyone to have a problem with their marriage because you have ADHD <laughs> or because your spouse yes. has ADHD. Yes. So if anything, we just want to normalize that it's possible that you may face extra challenges and they may look like this. So maybe it's relatable for you, but it's equally possible things are going fine. Right. That's okay too. Yeah. Right. Okay. So just to kind of help around these things, we've created a bonus guide again this time for our much appreciated supporters who experience ADHD as adults. And the guide has several great tips in it. We detail them out to help you bring the best version of yourself to your marriage. Hmm. This is something that we all want to do. Yeah. And if you're a person that experiences ADHD, 
then you'll want to dial your approach in to accommodate that okay. or to adjust for that, right? Yeah, yeah. And you can get this guide by becoming a patron of the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. We'll just take a 60-second break to tell you more about that. What happens when the fairy tale marriage meets reality? Too often, high expectations lead to disappointment, communication breaks down, and the struggles of day-to-day life become overwhelming, leaving you feeling lost and without hope. Unfortunately, marriage does not come with an instruction manual. Marriage troubles are deeply personal and can take a toll on you, your spouse, and your family. Counseling can be expensive, and divorce is very costly. It doesn't have to be this way. Caleb and Valinda understand your pain and frustration. Their mission is to help save as many marriages as possible. And to date, thousands of couples are helped through their weekly podcast. But the most important marriage they want to help save is yours. With a minimum of a $10 investment a month, you gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Learn more about saving marriages and how you can help at OYF.support. That's OYF.support. You're listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. Before the break, we're talking about marital quality and ADHD. And I want to switch and pivot here, Verlinda, to talk about how to help your ADHD spouse. Now, this is interesting because usually when we're talking about marriage issues, we're, we're really keyed in on everybody taking responsibility for their own stuff. Yeah. And that's a good principle. But there are some things to be aware of that give you some leverage as a spouse of someone who experiences ADHD. Mm, I don't like the... Leverage? Yeah, I'll have to see where you're going with this because this sounds like, oh, I'm going to leverage this to my advantage or... Well, think of it as um, think of it as couples in a dance. Okay. Okay. And so if, if you show up to dance one night and your spouse has a sore knee, maybe you can adjust how you're dancing so that you guys can still find a rhythm that, that accommodates that knee. Okay. Okay. And that requires both people to participate, right? Right. So... Okay, but you you uh, put me on trial here and we'll see how we do. Okay. So there's some mediating factors around ADHD and marriage. And mediating factors just say these are things that can influence your marriage for the better or for the worse. And they okay. determine whether ADHD is going to negatively affect marriage quality. So if you work on these specific issues, you can reduce the effect that ADHD has on the marriage. Oh, okay. First one is intimacy. ADHD can reduce intimacy for the non-ADHD spouse by impairing communication and listening skills, and this negatively affects marital quality. But remember, you're in a marriage, and marriages are resilient. If you can find other ways to increase intimacy, you can reduce the impact there. Okay. Emotional regulation. ADHD makes it harder to control how you feel and express emotions. A study in 2015 found that this emotion regulation difficulty was a strong mediating factor between ADHD symptoms and relationship quality. So practicing healthy expression of emotions can reduce the impact of ADHD. This is something that you can set up as a mutual exercise, like, for example, a daily check-in with each other on feelings. Okay. Just that exercise of sharing one positive, one negative feeling every day. We're starting to work muscles now that will help strengthen the emotional regulation, um, the conversations we have, the connection, right? knowing what we're feeling and okay. Yes. okay. Then there's uh, conflict resolution tactics. So another study uh, found that. Why aren't you pronouncing that name? Oh, because <laughs> it has an accent over the G and I have no idea what to do with that. 
Uh, it found that the conflict resolution style of the non-ADHD spouse was a strong mediating factor between ADHD and relationship quality for both spouses. Okay, you just lost me in that sentence. So the person who doesn't have ADHD, yeah, their conflict resolution style has a big impact on the marriage quality okay. for both people. Okay. Since, again, people with ADHD can show poor impulse control and emotional control, they can sometimes be prone to creating arguments and conflict. But oh, I see what you're saying. Yes. Having okay. a spouse then married to this person who's also prone to using hostile or aggressive conflict styles will create a very volatile marriage where satisfaction is likely to be low. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm not saying you have to turn around and be a doormat, but use more positive conflict resolution skills. You'll be able to create a happier marriage environment for both of you. Okay. So, so even though you might not, you know, get the soft startup, you might get the explosion in your face. Yeah. How you react to that, right? Can and sometimes, impact. yeah, sometimes you can make a little bit of room for yourself there by just thinking, okay, this is the ADHD speaking. I don't have to take this personally. I'm going right. to go around it, use my positive skills. My husband's still here, right? Right. That kind of thing. Okay. And uh, so that's. I think that's pretty encouraging. Mm-hmm. There's also uh, the whole negative beliefs thing with ADHD. So the problems experienced by people with ADHD then often lead them to form negative beliefs about themselves and their lives. Things like self-mistrust, like I cannot rely on myself, or failure, I let other people down, like if they experience a lot of failure, mm-hmm. or instability, my, my life will always be chaotic, so why bother trying to fix it? There can be mm-hmm. dependence. That's how I feel right now. Yeah. Well, our life is chaotic right now. Yeah, that's right. Dependent stuff. I cannot cope without other people helping me. And shame can also come in here too, right? I am useless. Hmm. That kind of belief, right? Okay. Now, since what happens is since people with ADHD are very impulsive and quick to act, they often act based on these beliefs before they really think it through. Mm. So you act out of that belief, right? Okay. And then that can create negative self-defeating behavior. So... You think you're a failure. You believe you'll never be able to hold down a job. So you give up job hunting. You self-fulfill. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. And a spouse can help by spotting when their ADHD spouse is acting based on negative beliefs and challenge those underlying beliefs Mm. and then encourage them to act in a more positive way. And I would just say, you know, make sure you ask your spouse's permission to do this, but I would Over time, this form of support will help improve the beliefs that the ADHD spouse has, leading them to think and act in more positive ways. Hmm. So this is how we can refine each other in marriage too, right? Yeah. And then finally, there's the whole thing of helping them slow down. You can help your ADHD husband or wife to slow down, to think things through, to fight their natural tendency to be impulsive. For example, things like setting goals. Can you decide on specific things you want to work on as a couple rather than continuously jumping from one to the next? Yeah. See, I really like this work towards as a couple because maybe it's just my ears, but I'm kind of hearing like you're almost treating your spouse as a kid. You have to help them through this and you have to, you know. Yeah. Like. Yeah, no, I don't want to. But it's working together as a couple. Right. To get these outcomes. Right. Right. And yes, how you react yeah, so you don't want to take a one-up position like, oh, you're wounded or impaired and this is yeah. how I'm going to fix you. Yeah. But you want to do this as a team. So you're compensating and, you know, the Chinese kind of yin and yang, right? Oh, okay. Where you're working, where one is missing, the other's compensating. Right, right. Because you're, you're... Or even on a team, right? Like you have offense and yeah. you have defense or... Yeah. The ADHD spouses can have strengths that the non-ADHD spouse yeah. does not have. Yeah. Yeah. No, thanks for clarifying that. 
coming back to the setting goals piece, the yeah, spouse sorry. can also help by breaking these goals down into a step-by-step process and just working together to stay on track with it. Okay. Okay. Uh, there can be regular check-in times just to keep everybody grounded and focusing on the right things. Okay. Right? And also the encouragement just to practice skills, practice coping strategies like learning time management, daily planning so that your spouse stays focused throughout the day and you guys are on the same page. And even mindfulness exercises, if you want, there's some meditation exercises that help train your ability to focus and control your thoughts as well. Hmm. So yeah, there are things that, that help. Mm-hmm. Like to me, this would, these would help any marriage. Yeah. But I can see how if someone is dealing with ADHD, they would be extra important or extra benefited beneficial. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I hope this has given you hope. You know, all of us, we all bring dysfunction and baggage to our marriages, mm-hmm. even if there's not a label for some of our junk. But it's great to know that a lot of the same basic principles still apply. We're working on intimacy, and this is what you were pointing out. Benefits any marriage, right? Mm-hmm. Good communication skills, mm-hmm. good conflict resolution skills. Yeah. And as always, if you'd like help from one of our marriage therapists, feel free to reach out through our website. We'd love to help you guys. Absolutely. We also want to thank those of you who became patrons between this recording and the previous one, Corey and Heather. So thank you for jumping on board to support us as we try and support other marriages. Mm-hmm. And a huge thank you to an Aussie in the UK who left us a review on iTunes. They said, really good, fun, and helpful. Five stars. I'm really enjoying this podcast and it is helping me reflect on where we are running around and how Not I can... Around. Oh, where we are running aground and how I can steer us into safer waters. This person needs to come on our cruise, Caleb. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love the clear biblical approach while looking for evidence for what works in the modern world. I've been listening to episodes in the 40 to 65 range and may have to go back to the first episode and listen to them all. Thank you. Oh, that's good. We were just warming up back then, so I think it's just going to get better for you. Yeah, just stay at 40 and (laughs) move on from there. (laughs) Next week, Caleb. Uh, We're talking about how alcoholism in one or both of your parents affects your marriage today. Like the alcoholism you experienced as a child mm. is shaping your marriage today. Okay. Really fascinating. Basically touching on the reality of adult children of alcoholics, ACOAs. Interesting term to look up if you've never Googled that before. Hmm. If your father or mother had any substance abuse issues, this will be an interesting and I think a very helpful episode for you. Sounds good. And compassionate. That is all for today's episode. You can get the full show notes at oyf.link slash 182. Find out how you can help us help marriages. Go to oyf.support. Thanks, and we'll see you next week. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is totally funded by listeners who support Caleb and Belinda in their mission to save marriages. If you would like to be part of this worthy cause, open your web browser to oyf.support. A minimum investment of $10 per month will help restore hope to married couples. Plus, as a patron, you'll gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Go to the website oyf.support now for more information. Thanks for listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People from Only You Forever.